When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Chris Ballas from across the resort here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Anthony Groom at the home office previewing Michigan against TCU in the college football playoff, the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, been down here a couple days. Uh, make sure everybody follow all of our coverage at the Wolverine.com. You get around the clock uh, articles, updates, insider notes. Their uh, premium access, just $10 until next football season. So take advantage of that deal. Hit the like button on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, make sure uh, hit that like button if you think Michigan is going to win on New Year's Eve over TCU in advance of the national title game. And hit the subscribe button as well. Uh, we'll get into this game, break down the matchup a little bit, talk about what we've learned here uh, with players and, and coaches talking. Uh, we'll get to talk to some more here this afternoon. Uh and with that, I guess, CB, let's throw it to you in terms of being down here a few days, talking to a lot of people uh, as we get closer to the game. Is there something that has been the most interesting thing you've heard, uh, something that stood out to the uh, to you the most, or just maybe a feeling that you're starting to get uh, after having so many different conversations? Yeah, you, you never know, man, until you, you play a game, you know, and you get to see these guys in the trenches a little bit and, you know, listening to J.J. McCarthy, Michigan sophomore quarterback, talking about how if they come out in a three-three-five, man, I hope they do. We're going to smash them and so on and so forth. And then you've got TCU players talking about how they're going to be sneaky and they're athletic and they're fast and they're going to be filling gaps the way that Michigan hasn't seen and so on and so forth. So uh, a lot of talk. But there's a lot of respect, I think, for both opponents here um, from, from one to the other is what I gather. And, and I think there should be for all the talk that TCU, you know, what is the worst playoff team? We all know that was Michigan State several years ago. Uh, and this isn't even close. These guys are very talented. So um, these guys have playmakers. Um, Michigan should be able to move the ball on them. You know, one of the things that caught my eye was they are not a very good third down team. So if you can eliminate those big plays, I put that in the keys to the game today, then uh, get, you know, then you should be okay. And uh, they aren't great in the red zone either. So basically it's do what you've been doing, right? Keep them, you know, if they move the ball, make sure it's between the twenties, hold them to field goals. And I think you're going to win this football game. So, but they're gonna have to play well, this is a good football team. And, and you can tell that Michigan respects them after having seen them on film. Yeah, for me, I mean, just kind of doing the prep here remotely throughout the week. Uh, I listened to a little cross promotion here, John Jansen's In the Trenchants podcast today, and his overarching message was kind of, listen, this week is is the same as the previous 13 weeks in that it's, it's, I mean, you respect your opponent, you prepare for your opponent, and you have to play what's ahead of you. But this week's about Michigan and taking care of its business because, I mean, on paper, Michigan's the better football team. I think in the trenches on both sides of the ball, they're the better football team. And, you know, there's always some trepidation this time of year. Michigan, uh, I don't think, can afford to puff its chest out because it hasn't performed very well in bowl games under Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, mitigating different circumstances for each of those failures. But this is a chance to get one, you know, after your regular season for the first time since 2015. And, and it's, again, it's 
you win this game and your season goes on, you don't, your season's over and you don't get a chance at that big, the big prize. So for me, I look at this TCU team and it's kind of, I've, I mean, you guys have been the ones that have been there. I've just seen the quotes on paper, but um, it's been a little bit odd to me how outspoken it's almost as if they're kind of, I don't want to say speaking themselves into having a chance. They're a good enough football team to give Michigan a game, but um, I don't know that TCU truly knows what it's in for coming from the big 12 conference and um, and playing a Michigan team that, you know, again, in theory, you would think Michigan might have an advantage against that three, three, five defense. It's a little bit of a different look, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a hat on a hat and you got to get your blockers out on their guys and they're going to bring pressure, bring pressure from different areas. So uh, it's a challenge, but uh, for me, it's, you know, like Ohio State week, you kind of get more nervous as the week goes on. I feel more confident uh, about Michigan's chances in this game as this week has gone on. Interesting. Um, let's talk about that because, uh, Anthony, you bring up a point I was going to bring up, and I know we talked about it Monday as well, but for the people that missed it, uh, you know, talking to Steven Johnson who covers TCU for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, he was just – uh, kind of breaking down that, yeah, it's a 3-3-5 in, in theory, but it uh, depends on personnel that the opponent's bringing, and it's going to look like a 4-2-5, which is what Michigan runs. And, you know, basically uh, most of the time, I know it's not their base defense. Uh, and then it also looks like a 4-3 at times, too. You have D Winters, who's their best pass rusher from a linebacker spot, but he'll be both at the edge and at linebacker. Um, and you're right. I mean, this TCU defense, I, I do think Michigan has a big advantage uh, in the its ability to run the ball. I mean, a lot of these TCU guys are comparing Michigan to Kansas State, but uh, Kansas State had success on the ground both times uh, they played, including with 225 yards in, in the Big 12 championship game. So I think Michigan's going to be able to do that. Now, J.J. McCarthy's got to play a really good game. Uh, TCU is fantastic at getting interceptions, that over one per game, 14 on the season. Uh, and they have the Jim Thorpe Award winner there uh, at the cornerback spot. And, that's that's that um Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew there so uh, I think Michigan's going to have to kind of stick to that script if they can they're leading the country right now in rushing yards on first and second down uh if they can stay on schedule keep J.J. McCarthy uh in some manageable situations I think they should uh be pretty good against this TCU team that they can push around a little bit uh up front uh how do you guys see this playing out with the the Michigan offense against TCU's defense yeah, and I wrote the – it's a cliche, you know, keep them off balance, right? You don't need to line up and say, okay, we're going to run down your throat on the first 10 plays. It's, that's where Michigan's been really good this year is scripting plays on early drives, and we've seen that, how many times they've scored touchdowns or, or marched the field. And it wasn't just, okay, you know, sometimes two or three times first play of the game, you know, you've got teams running downhill – you know, we, we want to make a statement against the run and J.J. McCarthy straight pass or play action and, you know, 15, 20 yard gain. So we saw it against Indiana. I think we saw it against Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of these games where they came out and they let them throw and really caught them off guard and kept them off balance. And I think that's going to be critical here because I think uh, listening to TCU talk the whole the whole week, it's about stopping the run, stopping the offensive line, stopping the run. It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of respect there for the Michigan receivers. And what they said uh, and, and asking, I think it was Josh Newton was his name, one of the TCU cornerbacks about Ohio State and catching them. And he said, well, I think they played a little more zone. You know, he kind of tipped their hand that they're going to go out there and they're going to play man. And Ronnie Bell said it, they expected that, too. And you know what? So I don't think there's a whole lot of respect for those guys. So this could be a game, too, in which Luke Schoonmaker and, and Colston Loveland have big games as well. Uh, some play actions, some straight drops. I really 
think uh, in, in watching some of their linebackers on film, I, I don't know that coverage is their strong suit, So, uh, at least for a few of these guys. So it's going to be interesting how they match up and, and what Jim Harbaugh does. But, um, you know, we won't know until until we, we get there. Uh, we're only two days away now, guys. But um, it, and one of the one of the things that, too, is that we heard a lot of is that that southern speed. You know, these TCU guys were talking about the speed and playing that speed versus slow angle and everything else. And, you know, we hear that all the time. And I remember when they said that about Anthony Thomas and Michigan Auburn did it back in the Citrus Bowl, probably when you guys were in diapers or five years old or something. And and, uh, you know, it, it didn't play out that way. So I think Michigan's got plenty of speed, too. So but it'd be fascinating to see how Michigan attacks them offensively. I think there's some stereotypes there that uh, I think TCU will probably be a little bit surprised when they when they see Michigan on Saturday. Yeah, the talk from TCU, it seems like has been, oh, well, we've got a couple wrinkles and tricks up our sleeve. I'm really interested to see what this Michigan offense does with, you know, four weeks off to kind of, you know, they have had to sort of retool. It was a retooling on the fly of what their offense looked like, you know, without Blake Corum and you got to prepare for Ohio State and prepare for Purdue. And now over these last couple of games, I think they've kind of discovered that you can put a little bit more on J.J. McCarthy's plate. So I think play action is going to be a staple of what we see on Saturday. I think the tight ends will be very involved. Um, again, it's going to be, you know, those, those TCU corners will play physical and, and Michigan's wide receivers have had some issues in man and press coverage at times this year. So those guys, Ronnie Bell, this is a big time game for him. Cornelius Johnson. I mean, um, those are guys that need to step up and have, have nice games too, because they're going to have to get out and block a little bit as well. So, um, you know, all the talk has been about, Oh, well, you know, Michigan's just this smash mouth. You know, they don't, they don't pull guards. They don't do anything like, I, like I said, I don't know that TCU or its, or its team, well, I'm sure I hope the team knows, or maybe I hope they don't know, but I don't know if the fans and the media and even some of the national uh, folks out there that are breaking down this game realize that like Michigan, Michigan's doing a lot of stuff on offense too. It's not just punch you in the mouth. It's not what 2015, 2016 Michigan did. You're seeing, um, you know, you're seeing guards and tackles pull and you're seeing, uh, guys get out to the edge as well. So it's, again, I, I'm real, like, I have no idea how Michigan's going to attack this TCU defense, but I do think there's a lot you can attack and, and exploit and find your matchups. And I think they'll be able to, it does. It all starts up front for them though. For sure. And I think that Joe Moore award winning offensive line, uh, you know, should be able to do some things. If you think about this matchup, it, it, there is a big difference between the big 10 in the big 12. So in one respect, yeah, Michigan hasn't seen a defense like TCU's. I know that they haven't been that strong statistically this season, but you know, it's always an adjustment having to play against a different type of scheme. And then it's more what TCU hasn't seen is the personnel that Michigan has, especially on the offensive line. So we're going to kind of see that uh, who adjusts better uh, to that. I will say this as well. You know, Donovan Edwards is not Blake Corum. He's been fantastic, but he has been a little bit more boomer bust over the last two games. And I know no one's complaining about the long touchdown runs against Ohio state, but there were a lot of two, three yard runs that Blake Corum maybe makes six, seven or eight. And that could be the difference in this game. You want to be consistent all the way through Donovan Edwards, averaging five yards per carry in the first half of games this season, 10 yards per carry in the second half. So he does heat up as the game goes on, but it's something to watch. You got to be able to move the ball early and often get off to a fast start and don't dig yourself into a hole in this game as well. Uh, flipping over to the other side of the ball with Michigan's defense going against a TCU offense that, man, we all, we all talk about Max Duggan, who's the Heisman Trophy runner-up. 
uh, and he's very, very good. He can throw the deep ball. 18 of his 30 touchdowns this year have come on deep balls. He can also run. He's a dual threat guy. Talking to Jesse Minter about that yesterday, he said it's it's different than, you know, this is a passing team, but it's not like the passing teams they played the last two games in Ohio State and Purdue, uh, where he didn't use the word statue, but he said where those guys really can't run that well. This is something where even if you have him covered downfield, he's going to take off. Uh, DJ Turner was talking about that as well. you got to be cognizant of keep staying on your guy, but also knowing that you may have to turn around and tackle. So uh, you have that, uh, but you also have uh, a balanced offense for TCU. Kendra Miller at the running back spot over 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns this season, one of the better backs in the Big 12. And, and I think that uh, talking to Mozzie Smith yesterday as well, he said, why aren't people doing their research? This is a balanced offense, and it's going to start with stopping the run. Uh, so I think it does start there. Michigan's been great at that this year. Uh, top 10 in the country in rushing yards allowed per carry on first and second down. And then Michigan with one and a half third down sacks per game, which is leading the country. So that's kind of their formula. Get them kind of off schedule, the opposite of what the Michigan offense likes to do. And then pin your ears back on third down. But how do you guys see this uh, matchup playing out? Yeah, that was my first key to the game, as a matter of fact. Don't forget about TCU's running game. And Steve Klinkskill said this kid is a fantastic back. He called him special. And Klink is not one of those guys that's going to sit there and blow smoke, uh, as we know. So um, so I thought that was interesting when he said that because it's not just how they – it's not just that they run, but it's how they run. And they're going to spread you out. And you're going you're gonna to have to tackle in space in this game, guys, um, because – um, you know, this is different than any offense really they've seen before because they've got that dual threat quarterback and then they've got a, an elite running back too, or a special running back. Um, what 1,343 yards, I think he had this year or something like that. So averaged six yards per carry, I think. So, uh, they can run the ball and if they can run the ball, then they will run the ball. And, uh, so that's going to be critical. Now, have they played a defensive line like Michigan's and have they run against the defensive line like Michigan's probably not, but, uh, at the same time. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. What Mozzie Smith said is, is exactly right. So um, you want to take, take that away and eliminate the big plays and, you know what, make them earn what they get, kind of like Kansas State did, as we saw in that game, and I think you'll be all right. So you can't have balls going over your head. Uh, we've seen, I think, what, they had 10 plays over 60 yards. I think that was second in the country. They were like fourth in the country in plays over 40 yards. So that's what you've really got to – You've got to take that away and and limit the running game and get them into third down where they were two of 15. Two of 15 guys against Kansas State. Now, they're three of four on, on fourth down, but you get there, and I think you're in pretty good shape. So that's going to be the key to this game. Well, there's that, and then also uh, Quentin Johnston is a guy that uh, you know you have circled and, and underlined and as someone that, you know, again, not huge production in terms of receptions, 53 catches on the year, but – 903 yards, five touchdowns. He's averaging 17 yards a catch. You go through some of his game logs. I mean, he's got games where, um, you know, he's got multiple catches of 50 yards, 48 yards, 55 yards. Um, he's a dude that, you know, he's 6'4", 200 pounds, runs a 4'4", uh, maybe in the 4'3s. A lot of people think he might be the best wide receiver uh, in this upcoming NFL draft. So that's a guy where you're looking at your cornerbacks with length, like Will Johnson and Jamon Green and, and DJ is going to factor in on that too. I mean, it doesn't really seem like Michigan, uh, Michigan doesn't just lock someone on to, to a wide receiver. Like you're going to get who's, who's ever, you know, whoever draws that assignment has to come up and make plays. So it's similar to that, um, you know, just it's similar to the Ohio state plan in terms of, 
you know, keep the guy in front of you. You might get burned once, brush it off, get to the next play. Uh, it really comes down to Michigan getting pressure in those those critical situations. This is a really good TCU offense. They're gonna rack up yards. They're gonna score some points. And um, you know, for for Michigan, it's gonna be what it was against a team like Ohio State. You got to force them to kick field goals. And like I said, they're not very good in the red zone. So them even having to sustain a drive and get down in the red zone might. You, know, you don't want teams to get down there, but that might be something where Michigan's able to lock down a little bit more down there as well. So um, they they're they're the total package offensively. They can run the ball on you. Um, you know, Max Doug, you know they do a lot of the bubble screen type stuff, uh, but when he looks deep, uh, he he goes. You know they go for it. They'll take the shots down the field too. So it's it's really fascinating. I mean it's a it's a Big Twelve offense against a Big Ten defense and. Um, something else I thought was interesting. I didn't realize this until after the, or, you know, until earlier this week, uh, the first time Jim Harbaugh team has played a big 12 opponent at Michigan. So stylistically, I am just, I'm really historically, you'd think that Michigan, a team like Michigan that is as deep as it is on both sides of the wall would have an advantage in a game like this, but you know, this TCU team can play and then they are, you know, Michigan feels like a team of destiny. Um, TCU's had way more close calls this year. But, you know, they belong there, too. So it's going to be, I think, strength on strength in a lot of areas. And I'm excited to see how it plays out, hopefully in favor of the good guys. Yeah, no doubt. And Anthony, you bring up a great point. And even listening this year to Joel Klatt throughout the season saying, you know, this Michigan team is kind of built to beat Ohio State. And it goes back to Jim Harbaugh when he interviewed guys for the defensive coordinator opening, making them come in with a presentation on how they would attack Michigan State and how they would attack, more importantly, Ohio State and I think a lot of those principles for the Ohio State game can you know stay intact for this one with with their kind of big playability uh, with their really good passing attack good quarterback play good receivers um, so I, I think that'll be really interesting to watch and then an X factor in this game is Mike Morris who said he's nearing a hundred percent of course he's missed really the last three games he played 10 defensive snaps or 11 against Ohio State but missed the Illinois game in the Purdue game now you have him back with seven and a half sacks on the year, one of the best pressure rates in the country. Uh, and talking to Steve Avila, uh, who's TCU's All-American left guard, uh, he was saying that Michigan lines up wider on the edges than any team they've seen this season. So that's going to be an adjustment. They have a really good interior of the offensive line with a couple All-Big 12 guys, including an All-American in Avila. But the tackles have been, if you look at some of the numbers, pretty susceptible to allowing pressure. Uh, so I think we could see Mike Moe and some of those guys get home, and that's going to be huge. Uh, in this game as well. Um, as we get to our Clay, predictions, as, Clay, as is staying ahead. in staying in your rush lanes, uh, you know when when so you can't let Duggan out of there. That's going to be critical as well. Is uh, if you are absolutely getting, the, yeah, you can't go too wide and and give him room to leak out of there. Otherwise, he's going to run for 10, 15 yards on you every time. So it's a challenge. There's no question about it. For sure, um, Mike Barrett, you know guys like that. Junior Colson in the middle going to have to be. Uh, discipline you're going to be dropping at times and maybe they'll spy him a little bit but you also got to you know find that balance of being able to contain him uh in addition to you know stopping guys down the field in coverage uh let's get to our predictions for this game of course uh brought to you by prize picks uh this podcast uh as always throughout the football season we appreciate them it is bowl season and there is not a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy 
with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It is the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Um, got some picks for this week. I got Max Duggan, TCU quarterback, more than 240 and a half passing yards. I do think they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. And this kind of plays into it as well. I think Michigan is going to stop the run and get a lead and force TCU to pass. And that's why I have Kendra Miller, TCU's outstanding running back, Less than 75 and a half rushing yards. It feels low, uh, but I do think that's kind of how the game's going to play out, and we'll get to it in our predictions. But uh, they also split some carries back there as well, so uh, I will go with that. Do you guys have any uh, picks for this week? Yeah, I've got Duggan over or more than the 240 and a half, and I've also got Kendra Miller over the 75. I think they're going to move the ball uh, between the 20s. I do. I think this is going to be kind of a shootout, guys. Um, that's kind of the vibe that I've gotten here. We saw what Purdue could do in the passing game against Michigan, and that was with a statue at quarterback. So uh, I think a balanced offense like this is going to be one of the tougher ones that Michigan's seen all year. Uh, I like TCU to move the ball uh, both through the air and uh, on the ground. At the same time, I still like Michigan to win. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. And for mine, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it in the college football playoff as well. I'm going with J.J. McCarthy, more than 205.5 passing yards. I think they're going to hit on another long touchdown uh, this week, which will help bolster that number. And then uh, Stetson Bennett in the second game against Ohio State, I have him at more than 14.5 rush yards. Uh, I think that we saw – J.J. McCarthy get out at times against Ohio State. This is that There was that big run that he had early in the third quarter that kept the drive going. Um, Stetson Bennett, uh, no pun intended, I think, has that dog in him and will rack up some rush yards uh, getting away from pressure in that game. So uh, those are my two picks. I like it. I like those. Uh, download the Price Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you that $100, uh, an extra $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take the viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh, let's get into our predictions for this game as well. Michigan hovering around 7.5-point favorite in the Fiesta Bowl on Saturday afternoon, early uh, early evening-ish uh, on the East Coast, 4 o'clock. Uh, I got Michigan winning this game 34-24. to 24. I, I feel good about Michigan's chances to move the ball. Chris, I, I think Michigan wants to avoid a shootout in this game. I think a lot of this game is going to come down to Michigan's ability to stop some of those big plays. If the defense plays as it has all year and as it's capable, I think Michigan – should win by double digits, uh, and and I guess I, I will predict that with a ten point win, thirty four twenty four. Yeah, I've got Michigan thirty four to thirty. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of movement between the twenties. It's going to come down to red zone defense holding these guys to field goals. I think they're going to be able to do that at times. I think that uh, TCU is going to score some points. So uh, fascinated to see it, guys. Fascinated to see those first couple of drives for each team and to see what kind of game we're going to have. But I expect a high scoring game. What's the over under on this one? Do we know? 
Yeah, I like the over on that as well. So 34-30 Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I like the over as well. I think it will hit somewhat easily, actually. Uh, I have Michigan at 41-26 uh, over TCU. I feel like uh, it's going to be another one of those casually um, – casually dom- not dominant, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but um, another clinical game for Michigan where – uh, you know, you're probably looking at maybe a 20 to 17 game at the half and Michigan goes in, makes its adjustments and that offensive line um, gets going in the third quarter. The pass rush gets going late and Michigan pulls away. So 41-26 and the three of us will be in California the week after is my pick for this game. Let's go. Please, please. Uh, so there you go. Those are our predictions. Uh what do you guys think about who's going to uh, stand out on offense for Michigan? Offensive player of the game. Uh, I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy in this game. I, I think he's going to be able to do some things with his legs, make some throws, and uh, and we'll see him shine. I'm with you. Uh, ditto. I think you're going to see maybe a few more designed uh, redemption uh, looks you know, for him. And uh, I'd like to see him a little bit more in the uh, – uh, the draw quarterback draw game as well. We haven't seen a lot of that. I think uh, spread them out and let's see what he can do in the middle of the field as well. Make it three for three. That was going to be the guy I was going to go with. I know all the talk ahead of this game has been how much of a dual threat Max Duggan is and how he's uh, this gritty, tough SOB of a guy. Well, JJ McCarthy's got that in him too. And he's a former hockey player. He's got that grit to him mixed with the, the kind of the dual threat ability. So I'm going. I'm going with JJ. Um, I think he's actually going to have a pretty big game, and on on the biggest stage that he's played on yet. Okay, three for three. Uh, defensive side. I am going to go with Mike Morris in a big return. Um, I think he's going to play well. I can kind of picture him making a couple shoestring tackles on Max Duggan as he tries to escape the pocket, uh, and we'll see Mike Morris play well on this stage. He said he's nearing 100. percent He said that he's willing to give everything for this team and and it really hurt him to not be out there in those last few really important games, but uh, that he's looking forward to to have a big one on this, on this stage. I think junior Colson is going to be all over the field and is going to have to be in this game. Uh, I think you're going to see him lead the team in tackles. I think you're going to see him in coverage. Um, I expect a big game from him. I expect them to use him um, in the blitz game a little bit more as well. Uh, They're going to have to, he's going to have to be spying. They won't use him as a spy, but he's going to have to keep an eye on Duggan as well. Uh, I like him as a key factor for the defense in this game. I'm going, I won't say off the board. He's been one of their better defensive players, but I think Will Johnson's in for another game. I think he will have a pick. I think he's going to be a guy that, um, you know, has one of those star making performances against a guy like that, uh, against a guy like Quinton Johnston. Um, I'm going with Will Johnson. I like, I like his, his length, his athleticism um, and his, uh, his ball hawk ability. So, I think he's this team's best cornerback right now, and I think this is a, a game where he uh, has a chance to show it. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. Some big physical receivers going up against what is uh, proven to be a pretty damn good big physical cornerback as well. Uh, let's get to our last segment uh, and pick some of these bowl games. Uh, we'll do the New Year's six. We already picked Michigan, so the New Year's five outside of that. We'll start with the Orange Bowl, which will be on Friday night. Between Tennessee and Clemson, Clemson a four-and-a-half-point favorite over under 63-and-a-half. Uh, I'm going to go with Clemson pretty big. I would move that line out. Uh, Joe Milton's, I think, starting for Tennessee. 
Yeah, it's self-explanatory. So, yep, I like. I don't think he's gonna be hanging fifty on uh, on Clemson. I like Clemson to to cover. Yeah, I'm going with Clemson too. Uh, feels like they've they have a chance to kind of have some good momentum going into next year uh, if they are able to blow out Tennessee. So, I go with Clemson. And then Sugar Bowl, uh, which will be New Year's Eve at noon, leading into the playoff games, Alabama and Kansas State. Kansas State, a six-and-a-half-point underdog over under 56. Uh, this is kind of one of those games. How focused will Alabama be? Uh, it's one of those games where you got to you know, figure out who's going to be more motivated. And that's why I'm going to take the points in this game with a team that I think will be more motivated, Kansas State. I think Alabama wins close. I, you know, you don't know who's opting out in these games either. I haven't really paid attention to who's playing and who's not. All things considered, I think Alabama rolls in this game. So if they've got enough guys playing, I think they win by two scores. Yeah, it seems like Bryce Young is going to play. I believe Will Anderson is going to play. Okay. Uh, that's enough for me. I think yep. that Alabama is uh, probably rolls, a very angry Alabama uh, rolls in the Sugar Bowl. And then Nick Saban lobbies to see if he can play in the championship game. <laughs> We got you. Go for okay, it. I think I cut out for a second. I am, I am back uh, with the Cotton Bowl, Tulane against USC on January second. USC a two point favorite over under sixty two. Uh, I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen this game, but I'll take the talent with USC. Yeah, I agree. Who's playing and who's not? Again, it kind of comes down to that. USC is more talented team. I'll go with them. Yeah, really weird line. Uh, maybe a bit of a sucker yeah. bet. I'm not going to fall for it. Uh, I'll pick USC as well. Uh, let's go to the Rose Bowl, January 2nd at 5 o'clock. Penn State against Utah. Utah, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under, 52-and-a-half. Uh, give me the covering machine. Penn State in this game. They've covered five in a row uh, outside of a push uh, during that stretch. And uh, so five out of six. And then uh, really – been a covering machine all season for me, uh, hypothetically, if I was a big man. Uh, Utah, uh, Penn State loses to good teams. Uh, Penn State will lose to Utah. Utah will cover. They'll win by at least a touchdown. I like Utah as well. I think uh, the analytics support that. I think that uh, my eyeballs support that. Um, Penn State is kind of what Michigan was for a few years, where they just lose games to the best teams that are on their schedule. So, I'm going with uh, Penn. Uh, I'm sorry, Utah in this game. Okay, I got a theory there that Utah just has not seen any semblance of a defense this year, and they're going to run into that. Uh, Peach Bowl, the other playoff game. Who's going to face the winner of Michigan and TCU? We got Ohio State in Georgia. Georgia, six and a half point favorite, over under sixty two. Um, I'm torn on this. I think Ohio State is going to make this a game. But that six and a half is sitting there and making me think, uh, you know, let me take Georgia by by a touchdown. I, I like that, that it's inside a touchdown. So I'm going to go with Georgia. I like Georgia by about 13. I think they handled them. I don't think Ohio State really. I mean, we've heard talk about their players asking for more money to play in this game, more NIL money and stuff like that, rumblings of that. So I think Georgia comes up and uh, punches them in the mouth. Yeah, I mean, any Ohio State fan that's talking themselves into <laughs> – I mean, they have a chance to win. They have talented guys, but I don't know if they have the makeup for this. And if they thought that Michigan was physical with them, they're about to see something that's just a little, just just maybe that much more or about the same. We'll see. Uh, I expect a Michigan and Georgia national title game, but I will pick Georgia uh, to cover that number in this game. All right. Going to be fun watching those, watching Michigan 
TCU on Saturday, who heads to the national title. Uh, some other big bowl games to watch, keeping an eye on those. Thank you to everybody for watching or listening. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like the video if you're watching here. Also head to the Wolverine.com. We're here in Arizona. All the coverage, uh, not only this week, but pregame, on game day, uh, during the game, postgame, all of that. Uh, and then, of course, throughout the following months, you can sign up $10, gets you premium access all the way until next football season. So no reason not to take advantage right now. Uh, once again, appreciate everybody. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the new year. And uh, we will see you next time.